host, Harlan Nivens. Hi, everyone. My name is Carla Nivens. I am your host for the Every Heart, Every Woman show. We're so glad that you have tuned in today. Our show is a partner with Love Ministries, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Find out all of the great information about Love Ministries as you head to their website. Go to loveministriesbuilds.com. You can also head to my website at any time to get all of the information about um, what's going on in my life at CarlaNivens.com. Well, I'm so excited to have again today as co-host Latorla Jones. She is the founder of Flames of Passion Women's Ministry. Latorla, welcome again. So glad that you're here with us today. Glad to be here, Carla. Thank you. Absolutely. So you all um, check out our conversation that we had last week about rest, rest and taking the Sabbath. And today our conversation is going to be a continuation of that because successful people know how to take some time to rejuvenate. So we are welcoming Patricia McGrew. Patricia is an advocate for mental health especially in communities of color. She believes in helping women rethink what it means to be a strong black woman. I love that. She encourages individuals to be whole emotionally, physically, and spiritually. She emphatically believes it's okay to love the Lord and have a therapist. I believe that too. (laughs) Welcome, Patricia. I cannot believe that this is the first time that you are joining us. We're so glad to to have you. Man, thank you for the invitation. I can't believe it either, but here I am. You know, hopefully I do well and you guys will have me back. Yeah, absolutely. 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 So, um, Patricia, I... I know you, then Latoya will take over because you all have more of a familial um, uh, connection, but I um, met you when we were planning um, Flames of Passion women's event with uh, led by and founded by Latorla. And you came in and you would give us such great and practical um, advice and direction. So um, everyone get ready. You are going to be blessed by our conversation today. So I'll I'll turn it over to Latorla and she can kind of kick us off in the way that she, um, that you feel led. Well, thank you, Carla. Um, Well, Patricia, I'm so glad to um, be a part of this show and have you on. I am excited. Uh, Patricia is a friend of mine. Um, I've been knowing Patricia for a long time and she has, um, been a very important part of my life. Um, and so I, I'm grateful to uh, know her. Uh, we're going to jump into the questions and I'm just going to start out with, uh, Patricia, I know that us going through the pandemic mm-hmm. and um, having to experience that um, just yeah. in our world and, and just the different changes that have, that have occurred, I realized that anxiety is something that is prevalent more so uh, than it was before, and just uh, people having to deal with that and experience that, whereas before they may not have had to deal with that. Uh, can you define for us um, what is anxiety and can it be beneficial? Yeah, 
again, thank you for this opportunity. Uh, anxiety, uh, like you said, it is in, I mean, I don't know that you can open up any social media news article without hearing that buzzword. So man, kudos to you guys for, you know, shedding a little light, you know, pulling back the layers to say, how can we address what's going on? Uh, simply, anxiety is the mind and the body's reaction to stressful, dangerous, or unfamiliar situations. Uh, oftentimes, you know, when we're experiencing unfamiliar, unknown territory, you know, your heart may start beating fast. You may start, you know, perspiring. That's an anxious reaction. Uh, can anxiety be good? Uh, when we think about eustress, E-U, stress, uh, that's kind of motivating. Uh, or that good, anxious energy uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum is distress, where we think of that bad anxiety where everything, you know, all of our thoughts are consumed uh, with this one thing or this certain thing, you know, that may or may not happen. So there can be a good anxiety or a good stress, uh, but when it starts lingering, when I feel like I have no control, that my thoughts are just being taken over by these negative or obtrusive thoughts, that's when it becomes a little problematic. And I think we're seeing that uh, with the uncertainty that COVID brought, a lot of folks are experiencing that, you know, not full blown panic, but kind of that, that mild panic mode, uh, that anxiety. Uh, tends to make us uh, feel. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like one of the, you know, we've been, there's been a lot of conversations about, um, you know, when people, people that had COVID, you know, they have these lingering symptoms and they're, you know, it's all about their health, but um, we need more conversations about the lingering effects that it has had on our uh, on our mind and and on our bodies, you know, and um, physically, you know, emotionally and and spiritually. So I'm wondering when we get, you know, say we feel this anxiety coming on, like you said, these thoughts that are obtrusive and they're taking over our thought pattern. It's like we can't get out of that loop. What should we do? One thing, and it seems so simple, but we often forget. Uh, and I, I, I talk to a lot of folks who are overcoming those anxiety uh, situations. Uh, but the first thing, you know, and I tell folks, you know, when we're, uh, once you enter therapy, as a clinician, I hope I'm instrumental in helping you build your toolbox. Just like, you know, I have these pictures on the wall. I wouldn't go to my toolbox and pick out, you know, a screwdriver to hang a picture. A hammer, you know, it's going to be better suited to hammer those nails in. It's the same way when it relates to our mental health. And, you know, one size doesn't fit all. But one thing I encourage and, you know, being totally transparent as someone, you know, didn't even know that you know, anxiety was a thing for me. And I was driving, you know, going over an overpass and 
almost had a panic attack because I mean, and I'm like, wait a minute, where did this come from? And because, you know, it's one of those things that I talked to my clients about, I was able to say, breathe, breathe. And it's not that, but being very mindful and, you know, I kind of have a tend to be a bit dramatic, but that's what I encourage, you know, my clients be very dramatic, you know, breathe in, you know, where you feel your stomach inhaling, you know, count to maybe five. Once you get to the top, hold it for another count of four or five and then slowly exhale. But what I have found, I cannot stay in that hyper vigilant, you know, anxiety state if I'm concentrating on breathing. So when I notice I'm, you know, and like I said, most of us can tell when we're getting anxious, you know, my hands may start sweating, you know, your heart may start beating, you may start sweating on your forehead, you know, you're going to have those telltale signs in your body. And when you notice that, if you're able, you know, it's one of those things, folks aren't going to be like, you know, wow, what are you doing? Something as easy as breathing. Just take a start taking those deep breaths to kind of uh, combat those anxious feelings. Uh, so simply start breathing. And, you know, I have some more tools that we can talk about, Miss Carla. But in the moment when you feel that coming on, start breathing. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Patricia, if someone is dealing with maybe anxiety and it's happening more often, because, you know, we we can, especially that whole um, strong, independent woman, um, we can try to handle things and talk ourselves out of, oh, this is really bad, or this is not normal, or this is not okay. What are some things that we should look for um, to let us know, okay, you might need to to talk to someone um, seriously now about this. And what I tell my folks, you are the expert on you. So you're going to know, and I, I hate to say it, but you're going to know what's not normal for you. And again, if all I can do, you know, if these thoughts are interfering with, you know, me running my household, with me taking care of my husband, with me looking after my children, with, you know, my, my activities of daily life, it's time to say, you know what, um, it doesn't have to be anything formal or prescriptive, but I'm going to keep, you know, just keep a note of how often this is happening. And I'm going to check in with my, my mental, uh, my primary care provider and let him or let her know, you know what, that I've taken, you know, account, I've kept some little tally marks and yeah, this is becoming problematic. You know, I, I get all hyped up and because I'm so consumed, nothing is getting done. And then I, it, it's a never ending cycle because nothing is getting done. Now I'm beating myself up because right. it's getting done. And the more I beat myself up, the more I retreat into that shell and nothing gets done. So you are the expert on you and you know what your normal is and how you're able to function, how you are able to operate. And as soon as you notice, hmm, there's something a little different, a little off. And it doesn't have to be, you know, significant, uh, whatever that significant looks like. If it's a little bit worrisome, 
talk to your primary care physician and at least get on his or her radar. So that way they know, you know, if they're monitoring you for hypertension or even, hey, if you just go in once a year, you know, at least now I've put it on Dr. Smith's radar. So, you know, he may reach out, she may reach out and say, you know, how, how are you doing with that? You know, tell me what's going on. What are you doing to, to manage some of this anxiety, some of your stress? So when it becomes problematic and you find that, man, I, you know, I used to be uber productive and now all I do is make lists and go over these lists, but there's really no productivity, you know, because this anxiety, you know, is interfering with my daily life. I think this is good, Patricia, because you are, I mean, you're number one, you're breaking this down for us, making it seem every day because it is every day, you know, and I'm sure um, lots of people will start thinking, oh, I didn't know that that was, um, you know, something that maybe I should talk to someone about. I, and me personally, I wish that myself now at 47 could have talked to myself, you know, like when my kids were younger. And I remember a time when I've shared this before, I remember a time when the kids were young, like pre-K, so uh, pre-kindergarten. So they were both in the house with me and we were building, I take that back. They were going to, uh, uh, to, to pre-K school, but it wasn't every day. So a lot of times they were home with me all day and then we were building a house and there was just lots going on, lots, lots of unknown things. And um, I had lots of anxiety um, to the point where I was even throwing up for, you know, like no good reason. And I didn't even think that that was, I just kind of thought, okay, I, I guess I'm going through something. Um, later in life, I, I started to feel like, okay, if I get to that place, I think it's time to talk to someone. And then I would go and talk to someone. Um, but early on, I really just didn't know. And I think a lot of times, um, sometimes we're not ashamed of it. We just don't know. We're just not aware of what's normal and, and what is like, what should ring a bell, you know, for us. So I, I really appreciate this. Um, and can you talk to people who may think that they are ashamed to speak to um, a, a professional? Maybe they are hearing this and they're thinking, well, what is my family going to think? Or should I feel down on myself? Because, you know, I think of myself as this strong, independent woman, but I, I really feel like I need to speak to a professional. Man, Miss Carla, you you hit the nail on the head with that one. And, you know, right now, I, I hate to say it, uh, but I have a thriving practice. And I would say probably about one third of the folks that I'm seeing are these strong Black women. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're like, you know, I'm supposed to be able, you know, to juggle 22 balls at a time and, and still function and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I don't want people to think I'm crazy. And I'm like, time out. I'm out. I'm out. We don't say the C word, you know, mm-hmm. because the reality, crazy people do not seek out clinicians. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just normalizing, you know, and I, you know, come from the medical model. 
you know, if, if you stump your toe and notice that it's turning colors and not getting better, you don't just wait until it falls off before you seek medical attention. You know, if, if you are a, a basketball player or a track star and you notice, you know, wow, my heart is doing something, it's fluttering, you know, mm -hmm. you don't wait until you fall out at an event before you try to see a cardiologist, you know, uh, I have these wonderful glasses on, but if, you know, I, I don't wear glasses and I'm walking around squinting and, you know, I can't read anything, you know, up close, far away, you know, you don't wait, you know, until you have a wreck because you can't see before you go to an eye doctor. And it's the same, you know, I tell folks, you know, you don't have to see a clinician just because there's a problem or because, you know, something you, you feel like something is off uh and again just stressing there's no shame you know uh the the young people uh say now you know you're living your best life and yolo you only live once you know and i you know try to grab that and say man this is part of you living your best life you know i have someone that i'm able to talk to in a judgment-free zone you know, not someone who gives me uh, advice or answers, you know, tells me how to live my life, but just someone that I can process with, you know, I can be transparent, I can be my on my authentic self, you know, without being judged, you know, if, if I have, I can just be. So just trying to normalize, hey, if there's something going on and you're seeking professional help, that's what normal people do, you know, uh, just trying to help reduce that stigma and that shame uh, by seeing a mental health clinician. Yeah, that's good. So that reminds me, Patricia, of a scripture in um, Third John uh, 2. It says, dear friends, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along. And in that scripture, you know, John, the author is talking about um, just really being just as concerned about your health as you are about your spiritual life or your soul. Um, and so it's important that mentally, emotionally, physically, that we pay attention um, and, and walk in that good health or towards that good health. And sometimes that may mean seeking out um, professionals. Um, the other thing, Patricia, that we can do that we don't do well as women, I think, um, is self-care, okay. right? And so we want to ask a couple of questions about uh, self-care. Uh, my first one is, what is self-care? How would you define that? I would say self-care um, is an enhancement to your everyday living. Uh, a lot of us want to relegate self-care to that monthly, whatever it is. And I encourage, you know, folks, not just the, you know, the people that I'm seeing, but I encourage, you know, in the spaces that I occupy, what are you doing on a daily basis to take care of you? You know, uh, because of, you know, because I'm a, a clinician, um, I feel God has graced me to be able to carry the heavy load. But just because I can, 
How am I taking care of me? Uh, because I listen for a living, part of my daily self-care, three to five minutes, just sitting still, just sitting still, just to kind of block out. So what are you doing on a daily basis uh, to take care of you emotionally, uh, to take care of you physically, to take care of you spiritually? You know, uh, is that meditating? Is that spending time in prayer? You know, physically, uh, I'm not an athlete, <laughs> but because I believe that God has graced me to do what I do, part of my responsibility is taking care of me physically, mentally. So although I'm not an athlete, you know, I'm not a gym rat, no offense to those folks who can get up and go, but I make sure I get 15 to 30 minutes of walking. You know, folks are like, hmm, that's pretty doable. Yeah, during that time, you know, I can clear my head. You know, I have time to just think. I can meditate. But part of that self-care, taking care of yourself. And it needs to be daily. You know, uh, part of my self-care, yep, I do get a monthly massage. You know, I do go every other week to get my toes painted. Don't do the full pedicure because my feet are ticklish. But yeah, you know, enjoy those things. But it could be something as simple as a warm bath with, you know, the little good smelling salts. Again, it, you, you have to be intentional about making sure that you're taking care of you on a consistent basis. And what I found when I take care of me daily, that motivates me, that encourages me, that charges me to be able to do what I do. So although folks are like, man, no, it's not selfish. If you're a mother, a wife, a daughter, an employee, and you know, an entrepreneur, man, that self-care is vital because that is gonna keep you motivated to do the work for others. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, I so I want to talk about how self-care has impacted our life. But I think all of us should answer this because I think we may have three different answers. Because Patricia, you might be better <laughs> and understand the benefits a little bit more. <laughs> but how is self-care Im impacted um impacted our lives? So I'll go first. Okay. And then Patricia, you go last because I know you you're gonna have a, a great answer. You're gonna tell us how we need to be better. How we can do better. So honestly, self-care has not been on my radar a, a whole lot. Um the for the last two years since I moved to Houston. Now I still work in Dallas, so I still travel back and forth. Since that has happened, I feel like my schedule has gotten like pretty much out of my control, I feel like. Um, so I started just now, the last two years, started thinking about self-care. Um, I did start getting massages every month, 
But when I, I mean, honestly, when I first started, I felt so guilty for mm-hmm. like being there for an hour and trying to relax for an hour. My therapist said, you know, um, first of all, <laughs> you know, like you just come in here way too tense. And I had to teach myself that it was okay and to come in there and to actually come in to relax. They would say, do you want a, a neck pillow? And I'm like, well, how much does it cost? And she's like, nothing that comes with it. Well, no, I don't want it. You know, I, I you know, I couldn't, my, just my mind was just, you know, um, and, and I had to teach myself to, that it's okay to, to enjoy that. And so, and, and lately I've started doing other things. I remember that I really love um, the water. I really love being outside. I like being in the sun. I think one of the huge blessings of living in Houston is that the, you know, the coast is an hour away. And so we can just drive an hour, set up, you know, my lawn chair and sit there and just take it in and just breathe and just enjoy. That really gets me. But honestly, that's free. So I feel better doing that. See, I'm still ranking my self-care, you know, like I feel better doing that than getting a massage. So I'm still working on it, but um, it has improved uh, my way of uh, of living. It has calmed me, um, but I, I, I still need work. I still need somehow to find a way to give myself permission to uh, regularly do those things. That's my honest answer. Yes. Good, good, good. I see growth, Carla. <laughs> good, good. So I guess uh, for me, uh, I'll tell you the adverse effect of not having self-care. <laughs> um, so I have this personality where I'm a doer and um, I um, will go and, you know, if there's something on my schedule that I need to accomplish, I just run and do it until it's done. Because my my goal is get it done and, and then it, you don't have to worry about it. So I've been operating like that. Oh, man, probably I remember doing that in my 20s and, and 30s and realizing that probably about after two years of doing that, um, I would get burnt out. Um, I would be tired, um, even to the point where I was sick and and just and I was trying to figure out what in the world is going on. And finally. I think I I found out probably about two years ago, three years ago, but I didn't implement self-care. And so again, it's the cycle. I run, 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 and then I'm tired and sick and, you know. Um, So recently I have realized that I don't have a choice. Self-care is just what's going to happen. Um, And so I'll have the summer off. Yeah. And so that's all I've been doing and just really focusing on, okay, you need to take time out, you know, for yourself. And I like to do different things. I like to journal. I like to write, paint, you know, just different things. And so I've been doing a lot of those things um, and it's easier for the summer to do it in the summer. But I found out that you can do self-care. It can be five minutes. Um, And so as a teacher, when school starts back, that's my plan every, every day incorporate those five minutes where I'm just doing something I want to do. Um, and you know, the life of a teacher, you know, we're at school and we're on the clock and we are moving constantly, um, to just, you know, put on a song that I like and sit down (laughs) 
and uh, or get get a pencil out and start writing, you know, some things that I want to, you know, do. I lo love poetry. So write, write a poem or something. Just take five minutes and continue to do that. And so really, I've had to make it a habit this summer um, so that when I start my school schedule, I can still be reminded that I need to take time and do this. Um, I've been working out and, you know, so I've, I've been doing a lot of different things and I feel better. Um, and that's the experience that I've had with, with self-care. And um, I'm excited that I, I know and I'm forced to do it because I don't want to get sick anymore, um, you know, and I want to live my life to the fullest. So that's. Absolutely. Uh, wonderful book, The Body Keeps Score. And, you know, I'm a firm believer if, if we don't do what's best for it, it'll let us know. And then we won't have a choice. Right. Uh, Latola, I am, man, it's the bee's knees that you you got to that realization. You know what? It doesn't have to be, you know, one, two hours. Uh, Miss Carla, you've got to that realization. It doesn't have to be something, you know, that's expensive or, you know, that I have to pay for. Something is, is you know, seemingly as insignificant as five minutes, you know, even if you're, you're, if you, you know, if you're a yogi, if you're able to practice yoga, you know, uh, just being able to to sit quietly, uh, doing something creative, having that creative outlet. Uh, again, my my emphasis is to find something that you know that just nourishes you, and commit to being intentional about working that into your schedule, you know, as women of faith, you know, just like I'm intentional about prayer time, mm -hmm. just like I'm intentional about studying the word, I'm equally as intentional about my self-care, you know, and it's like, man, I have all this stuff that I need to do. When you prioritize, and again, you know, I feel like I'm like, Lord, you know what this 50 body 50 year old body needs i'm going to start my day talking to you in prayer help me prioritize my day you know i know it's important for me to have my self care time help me to prioritize my day uh but being intentional uh i'm still a little old fashioned although my son has taken me out and i have all this tech i still like to write and I'm like, okay, I'm going to write this down, you know, make time for my self-care, you know, from 8 to 8.15 or from 8 to 8.05. And, you know, giving yourself that grace, you know, I know that my house is not going to always be immaculate and look pristine and that's okay. I have my self-care time and that's my time where I just sit and I just look ugly and do nothing, but that feeds me. Or, you know, I may paint or color or, you know, work with clay, whatever that thing is for you. Again, be intentional and say, hey, although it looks like it's nothing and just wasting time, this is how I refuel. You know, this is how I recharge. This is how I stay motivated and encouraged to go and do what I need to do. So, yeah. I love yeah. that. I love that. It's very important. Um, 
this reminds me as, as we close, because we're really out of time now. And, and Patricia, we are so glad that you've joined us and look mm -hmm. forward to um, when you're able to join us again. Mm -hmm. Reminds me of 1 Corinthians 6. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. And so um, these scriptures and and um, what Patricia has shared um, was right on point. And so we hope that you would um, take this time to prioritize your self-care, um, to not be ashamed when you, like Patricia said, you are a an expert on your body. So when your body is sending you those signals that you need to talk to a professional, do it and, and feel permission, feel like you are giving yourself permission to take care of yourself because this is a part of honoring the body that God gave you that God created for you where his spirit dwells, his Holy Spirit dwells. And it's important for us to do those things to help us to continue to be healthy, continue to be happy and, and strong. And, um, and those, of course, those strong independent women that, that God has uh, created us to be. Well, we're independent, yes, but we're dependent on him and his Holy Spirit um, for, for our leading and for our guiding. So thank you so much, Patricia. It has been such a joy to talk to, talk to you today. And thank you, Latorla, again, uh, for joining us as co-host. My name is Carla Nivens. Um, I'm your host. Our show is a partner of Love Ministries. Go to loveministriesbuilds.org. Get all of the great information about Love Ministries. And remember to take care of yourself and the body that God created for you. Have a great week. Mm -hmm.